Hey everyone, hey, welcome to Stage 4 Outdoors Podcast. Hey, I'm flying solo tonight, no guests. But before I get started, I want to bring everyone up to speed as to what's been happening in the last six to eight weeks. So first off, hey, listen, I just want to start off with an apology. I know it's been a while since I've released a podcast, and I'm sorry about that, but let me explain. So this whole damn COVID-19 thing has been a huge challenge for me, and, and I'm sure all of you, Okay. You know, I did a couple of podcasts, you know, over the phone, um, you know, one with John Betty uh, from Stell Tackle. Then I did one with a couple of guides, Brett Jolly and Captain uh, Captain Brett Jolly and Captain Jeremy Mathis. Talked to those guys. Um, but it, it's just been a challenge. The, the creativity piece, it's, it, it's, it's hard right now. I mean, those of you that know me know that I work in outside sales. I've been working for the same company for years. And we didn't shut down for COVID-19. Now, that said, I basically had to relearn how to do my job. I've been some sort of outside salesman for over 30 years. Business to business sales, all face-to-face meetings. This virus hits, and I'm being told we're not shutting down, and we need to continue selling, even though for the most part, we can't go to -to face-to-face customer meetings. Now, I'm super thankful that we've been working and that I haven't been furloughed, but man, I'm going to tell you the last 10 weeks, I have spent relearning how to do what I've done for a long goddamn time. And and listen, I have never worked this hard in my life. If you've never created or hosted a podcast, and I'm sure many of you haven't, it takes a lot of work and honestly, a lot of creativity. I, With everything that's been going on with this whole COVID-19 thing and and my job and and turkey hunting and, and we're gonna get into that. I just haven't had the drive or creative juices lately. So so I apologize that you know I haven't dropped a podcast in a while. I mean, all my creative energy has been taken up by figuring out how to work completely different than I have and and honestly how to exist in a different world. You know, and and hey, listen, I'm not gonna lie, any of you that follow me on Facebook know that I spent a bunch of time researching and trying to understand this virus and the lockdown what a waste of time. Looking back on that, I might as well have spent that time figuring out how to stop the wind from blowing or why muskies eat bucktails or why the hell the Packers drafted Tony Mandrich instead of Barry Sanders. Christ's sake, that'd have been a better use of my time than trying to understand this virus. But anyway, um, so, so having said all that, listen, I just want to take a few minutes, uh, share with you how our Turkey season went and the Turkey season went from getting canceled to happening and, and then uh, had kind of an unfortunate deal yesterday. I ended up in uh, in urgent care yesterday afternoon. I'm fine, but uh, just kind of a funny story I, I, I want to share with you. So, so anyway, so let's start with turkey season. So, you know, listen, I did a couple of podcasts during the lockdown thinking, okay, I got, I got that covered and I got turkey season coming up. I got two podcasts in the can for turkey hunting, right? So, you, you know, my first hunt is the 2020 Wisconsin season is in uh, season three in western Wisconsin. I'm joined, you know, last year Steve Hiding and I did it. We did this trip last year. We, we It's a casting blast. For those of you not familiar with a casting blast, it's a kind of a sportsman's term combining uh, both uh, hunting and bo- both a hunting, hunting trip and a fishing trip. So we planned on turkey hunting in the morning, then trout fishing in a little stream in my hometown in the afternoon. 
Well, due to COVID-19 and the lockdown, it just wasn't a good idea to do that trip. Uh, my mother's elderly and and I just didn't want to compromise her. And I live and work in an area where there's where there's been a lot of cases. So we so so we had no choice but but to cancel it. So unfortunately that trip got canceled. And then the second tag that we have, that's that's held, that was our four season tag. And that's our annual turkey camp that I mean that's that's become the stuff of legends, you know, almost. Uh we have just a hell of a time up at uh, my buddy Eric's week place up in uh, Chippewa County. But again, for the same reasons, uh, that trip got canceled as well. It just, it wasn't smart to do it. And, you know, we all decided that, you know, let's not get together this year. And, you know, Turkey Hunt 2020 is probably not going to happen. So, hey, you know, the hard part about it was, I mean, these two trips are my favorite trips of the year. I look forward to them all year long. But, just like graduations, weddings, funerals, everything else, the turkey hunts were canceled due to the virus, and and I and I understand that. And I mean, these two decisions were made on on Sunday night, and that Sunday night I went to bed thinking, just like that, there's no turkey hunt for me this year. And uh, you know, listen, the, the the podcast that I had planned, you know, for these two turkey hunts, they were the farthest thing from my mind. I do these podcasts just for fun. But no turkey hunting in 2020. I was sad, man. I was I was really sad. Uh, in, in the timing on canceling these trips, they were canceled just days before the the third season hunt because um, we held out as long as we could before we decided to cancel them, just in, in the hopes that that we we'd be able to be able to pull these hunts off. But you know, we in the end we weren't able to do it. So. Once a decision was made, I had made up my mind that my once a decision was made to cancel these hunts, I had made up my mind that turkey hunting was done for 2020. But then I got thinking about it. And I started looking at the map and and started looking at zone one. Well, our my zone one tag and, and my buddy Steve's zone one tag, it's just zone one is just west of my house. So I started thinking about the logistics and the more I thought about it, I thought maybe I could pull this off and, and we could do a public land zone one hunt by, by my house. You know, so I call, I called Steve and he said, yeah, let's do it. And uh, so that, that's when the work started. So we decided we we're going to try and do a, a zone one uh, public land hunt, you know, you know, down, down here in, in Dane County. Now zone one is west of my house. I know the public land east of my house a whole lot better, so I had my work cut out for me. I had one weekend to look for birds before be before our season started. Um, and the hard part was it, it's turkey hunting's going on, so I didn't really want to interrupt other guys that were turkey hunting. I was trying to be mindful of that. Excuse me, I tr- I, I tried to be respectful of these guys hunting. Uh, I did a lot of scouting from the road, lots of listening, some walking. And pretty soon I was starting to come up with a plan. Um, you know, I thought, man, this could work. Now, it's going to be different for both of us because we've been hunting private land together for some time now. But now we're, we were going to be on public and we had no idea what we were in for. Um, going into the hunt, the biggest thing was, in my mind, was going to be hunting pressure. I mean, listen, I, I live down near Madison and I figured there was going to be all kinds of hunters. I thought hunting pressure was going to be a, a big issue. Well, I was wrong. I was way wrong. We only really saw a couple of other hunters in four days of hunting. 
Uh, one of the guys was Kurt, and I'll talk about him in a minute. I want to save that story because it's, it's a great story. But the real issue that we had was dog walkers and hikers. And, and it all made sense. I mean, with a good portion of the population not working and with, with all gyms and, and uh, you know, any kind of fitness places shut down, the only place that people had to go to exercise was public land and by God, they were out, they were out in full force. And we saw them, we saw a lot of people, you know, lots of dog walkers and Hey, listen, they got every right to be there as we do. So we, we just had to figure out how to deal with it. It just, it just wasn't something I was used to. Um, you know, so, uh, so, so, so it was tough. Um, but I had a plan. So, uh, at our day one spot picked out when we pulled in the parking lot on, on day one, there was only one other truck there, but you know, this was almost 300 acres at this spot. So three hunters, even, even if they, even if there was, you know, two guys in that truck, you know, so even four hunters, you know, there, there was plenty of land. We weren't, we weren't worried about it. Um, we saw some birds that morning, but you know, it, it wasn't great action. It was slow. And then, and then it started raining. I mean, I'm talking monsoon rains as, as I was walking across the field to get back to the truck, there was water just running off the brim of my hat. So I got chased from the woods on day one and spent most of that day, the rest of that day drying off and sitting in front of the fire at, at my house and, uh, you know, just, just getting ready for day two. And, and because of the action we had, we thought, well, we might as well, you know, head, head right back there, head right back there for day two. Um, so day two found us back at the same spot, made some minor adjustments to where we were sitting. Um, again, we saw birds, but one thing we noticed is the birds were silent and they were, they were very, very decoy shy. And, and I've had birds in the past where they see decoys and they don't come in. So maybe decoy shy is the wrong word here. They were decoy spooky and, and, and we were only seeing hens. And what I mean by decoy spooky is these hens had come out. They'd see our decoy setups. They, they, they'd walk into the setup. They check, they check the, the setup out. And just like that, they would just take off running. I mean, just sprinting away from the decoy. We saw this four different times. I saw it once, and Steve saw it three times. And and the, these birds just sprinted away, away from these decoys, which was just bizarre behavior. We had, we'd never seen anything like this before. Um, so you know, that went on, you know, most of the morning for day two, and uh, at. About I don't know, 10, 30, 11 o'clock, we decided to pack up and and go uh, and, and head out. Well, as we were walking out, um, we saw more people, and we just got thinking about it. So we're here. We're dealing with with more people. We're dealing with silent birds. We're dealing with spooky hands, and we thought, well, let's pull the plug on on this spot. We hunted it two days, and while we saw a few birds, we didn't really have much going on. So we decided to hunt a different spot on on day three. And we we're going to go check that spot out in the afternoon of day two. So when we pulled into the parking lot um, uh, to check out the spot uh, that we we're going to hunt day three, we, we saw a DNR staffer and, you know, he told us that, you know, Hey, this, this is a, this is a good spot and you guys, you guys should see birds here. So we uh, went, went in and checked it out, liked what we saw, picked out our spots Headed back to my place here and uh, relaxed for the rest of the afternoon. Ate some food, had a couple of beers, and uh, 
and we're back out there bright and early for for day three. So when we pulled into the parking lot in the morning of day three, we're the we're the only ones in the parking lot. So we were excited about that. We had, you know, like I said, we checked this spot out the day before, and you talked to DNR guy. He said there was there was birds there, so we were excited. And and uh, Steve went a little farther back in than I did. Um, I was probably only a mile, maybe a mile and a half in. I was probably only three quarters of a mile in. Steve probably went a mile, mile and a half back in. And by 6.30 in the morning, I had seen four people walking. And I just, I texted Steve and I said, listen, let's just get out of here. And I said, we're not going to see any birds with all these people here. And as we were walking back to the truck, we saw two more people. So by seven o'clock in the morning, uh, six different people had, had parked in that parking lot to go for a walk. So um, made a, at that point, I decided to make a big gamble and go farther west and, and head to a, a state park that I know. Um, state park that I'd spent some time fishing in and, and I'd heard birds gobbling in, in the springtime when I fished this and, and I was explaining to Steve where, where this was. And as I, as I drove, he was looking at the map and I explained to him where I wanted to go. And, and he was looking at the map, you know, on his phone, on Onyx, we both have the Onyx app, which if you don't have that, you should get it. Um, and you know, we both agreed that that spot that I wanted to go to looked like there was a fair amount of woods back there and that we could get back there and probably avoid people. I mean, at this point, we realized in order to be successful, we're just going to have to get away from people. And that, that was our whole goal. So we pulled into the park, parked the truck. We walked over two miles back to this spot and sat down figuring there's not, we're not going to see anybody here. There was a lot of woods around us. It was high ground. We're kind of hoping to be able to call the birds up to us. Um, I mean, I had heard birds gobbling, you know, in this spot in, in years past. And, you know, as, as we sat down, I just I just didn't think we'd see any hikers back there. And I'm, I'm not kidding you. After 20 minutes sitting down, we hear voices. And, I mean, these people were loud. I mean, they... It was uh, appeared to be a mother and her kids, and you know maybe it was home. They were homeschooling, which everyone is right now, because of the virus, and you know almost sounded like kind of a biology class going on. And you know, I mean, hey, listen, you know, again, they had every right to be there, but man, it was just, just really hindering our hindering our hunt. And you know, we we decided to get the hell out of there and 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 head out. Um, and as we were walking back to the truck, I was I was kind of at a loss at this point. You know, all of our spots were kind of used up. Um, you know, we're we're kind of coming to the end of day three, and you know, we got you know one day left. Um, Steve was going to leave on Saturday, and and it was just it was a really really long walk back to the truck. That two miles seemed like it was five miles back to the truck. But the one thing we knew is we had some uh, we had a cooler with some snacks and. And chips and sandwiches and cold beer and so we got back to the truck and and uh, we're sitting on the tailgate eating a sandwich and and drinking a beer and and uh, that was when we got our break and and anyone who's ever hunted before or, or fished I mean you you know it's uh, you know it's kind of sometimes it's better to be lucky than good and 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 we got a break and uh, that break was a DNR staffer he he stopped as, as we were eating and he said hey he said you guys seeing anything and I looked at him and all I said to him was people. I said, we're seeing people. 
I said, we're on our uh, third spot of the day. I said, uh, I said, we just can't, we just can't get away from people. He said, well, I got a tip for you. And he told us about a, another entrance to the park that he said, not a lot of people know about. And um, so, so we went to check that out. We, he, he, very nice of him to give us that tip. So we're, we were going to go check that out. Little did we know that this tip would change the hunt. Um, so we went and checked it out. Uh, again, we liked what we saw. Um, we, we both picked out our spots for the fourth morning. Um, and, and we were feeling really good about morning four. When we pulled into my driveway at the end of day three, we had put over 200 miles on my truck and had walked just over seven miles. We were hungry, tired, and staring down the barrel of a 3.30 a.m. wake-up call for the next morning so we could get to where we needed to be in time because, I mean, this park was about an hour from my house. So, so yeah, day three was a long day, to say the least. Um, but you know, we had a good meal, went to bed, slept good. We got up right in early 3.30 in the morning and, and, and headed out, you know. So, I mean, it's what you got to do. So, as we pulled in the parking lot on – on day four, we were excited to see we were the only ones there. Um, the other nice thing about this spot was we didn't have to get far from the truck, so our walks were not very far at all. So as I settled into my spot, uh, one long after sitting down, I heard a gobble. And, man, was I happy. Um, and that gobble wasn't that far away from me. Uh, about an hour later, I saw nine jakes coming my way. Uh, they... they they first appeared up in a cornfield and, uh, you know, made a few calls at them and, uh, and, uh, they kind of made, worked their way towards me and, and they stopped about probably 70 yards away. And then I, you know, hit them with a little yelp again. And, and, uh, then they started coming single file that old, uh, Jake over the head decoy set up fooled all nine of them. And in fact, it was hard. I had all I could do to get one that kind of stuck his head out away from away from the other nine or the other eight so that I could get a clear shot and not shoot, you know, two or three turkeys all at once. But, uh, but anyway, so, uh, I, I had to be patient and uh, wait, wait for the right time. And, um, I was, a, I was able to harvest my first ever public land Turkey. Um, never in my life was I ever so happy as a Turkey, it was the toughest four days of hunting that, that I had ever experienced. And, you know, listen, it would, it would have never happened without the, uh, the tip that we see, we received from that, that DNR staffer. So listen, it was an education. Uh, that whole public land hunt was, uh, that was something that, uh, Steve had done a little bit of public land hunting a little more than I had, but, but I never had my, my turkey hunting at all. I mean, it's all been uh, private land stuff. So that it was a very, it was an education. So I got a hell of a lot of respect for you guys to get it done on public land. Cause it is, I mean, it's, it's tough. I mean, it's, it's different. So, Hey, um, enough about that. Talked a little bit, um, met, met, mentioned a guy that we, guy that we met, uh, his, na his name was Kurt. After we had lunch with that, uh, we were sitting on tailgate having lunch and the DNR staffer told us, about the spot we were leaving the park and uh, as we were leaving the park i saw a guy walking down the road uh towards his car he was in full camel cl clearly a turkey hunter i stopped the truck and i asked him if he was having any luck and man i was never so glad that i, that I stopped the truck to talk to a fellow hunter ever i mean th this guy to say he was he was cool was an understatement 
And we spent 10 or 15 minutes talking to one of the coolest guys I've ever chatted with. Um, told us about his first turkey ever. Told us about his turkey grand slam. Uh, talked about the park. He had this land feature that he kept pointing at. He called them the bobs. Talked about how we could go in there and hunt the bobs because he was done hunting. And and uh, he, had, he wasn't going to hunt the park anymore. And, you know, he was just a really, really cool guy to talk to. Um, as he was talking, his, his gun was on a sling over his shoulder. And, and as he was talking, I happened to, happened to look and I, and I noticed a shitload of notches on, on the stock of his gun. And I had, I had to ask him, I said, I got to ask, uh, what are those notches? I said, are they for turkeys? He said, every single one of them. He said, there's 48 of them on there. So, this guy had uh, he had har- he's harvested harvested forty eight turkeys and he said uh, most of them would come right out of that park. So um, if you're more if you're interested in in in, in learning more about Kurt, go uh, check out my Stage Four Outdoors page on Facebook. I wrote a story about him there. Um, he was just a super cool guy. One one of those guys that you're you know re- really really happy to cross paths with, right? I mean, it's just, I mean, it, it was neat. So just really super glad that, that, that I stopped the truck and Steve and I got a chance to talk to him. So, so listen, that was our hunt. I mean, it was, that's just kind of the brief, uh, brief story, but it was, it was a hard hunt, uh, something I had never experienced, but in, in light of COVID-19 and, and with our other hunts getting canceled, we were just thrilled that we were able to get together and, and, uh, and, and put together a hunt that, uh, by God, if we, weren't lucky enough to actually uh, to harvest a bird too. So, so anyway, but um, you know, listen, interesting thing happened to me yesterday. Uh, those those of you that know me know that I'm a big musky fisherman. I've been musky fishing my whole life. I actually guided a little bit up in northern Wisconsin. And and uh, if you're a musky fisherman, uh, you, you just one of the things that you deal with is uh, you, you deal with big hooks, you deal with big fish um, in a net with a lure, with a whole bunch of hooks, you know, a lot of times three big treble hooks in its mouth, you know, in the fish's mouth and, and getting hooked is, uh, is something that's not really, it's not common, but it's also not uncommon. Well, yesterday was, uh, was my turn to, to get hooked after 25 years of, um, musky fishing. Uh, unfortunately I ended up with a hook in my finger yesterday and, and, and ended up in the, uh, in their, in urgent care. So it's kind of a weird deal. Really. I was, you know, I was, I was with my cousin, Justin, and, uh, of course I always got stormy with, and, and I was just simply switching lures and, and I was sharpening hooks and stormy was moving. I really kind of don't even know what happened. He just moved from the front of the boat or the back of the boat to the front of the boat. And as he walked by me, I think the, the tail the tail hook of the bait caught him in the front leg and, and then he must've pulled or, or something. And the next thing I know, the, the lures ripped out of my hands and one of the trebles is buried right into my index finger. And, you know, I told Justin right when I looked at it, I said, well, this is bad. I said, I ain't getting this thing out. So, so we cut it and uh, started heading back towards the landing. We were a long, long ways away from the landing on this body of water and, um, then I was trying to figure out what the hell I was going to do, if I was going to go to the ER where we were fishing or drive back home or what I was going to do. But, uh, long story short, I made the, made the decision to, to drive back to, to Sun Prairie. I wanted to get the boat in the garage and, uh, drop the dogs off at the house. And 
you know, so I had about a hour and 45 minute drive back to the house, which I uh, completed with a, with a hook, buried my finger and, and, uh, dropped the dogs off and, and, uh, Carolyn made a couple of phone calls for me and ended up in urgent care. And that it, it was actually kind of funny because, uh, the doctor said, uh, Oh, he said, that doesn't look that bad. He said, I'll just, uh, he said, I'll dumb that up. We, that, that should pop right out of there. And I said, well, I'm going to tell you something, doc. I said, there is, uh, probably as much, if not more hook buried in my finger than, than is sticking out. And he said, Oh, he said, you think I said, I know what size hook it was. And I, there's a lot of, there's a lot of hook buried in my finger. And, uh, so he's numbing me up and, and, uh, he, he grabs, uh, forceps or, beetle nose pliers if you will and and he grabs onto this hook and and he pulls and 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 I and I'm I'm quoting him he said huh he said that's really in there deep holy shit he said <laughs> oh, it was kind of funny I said I told you that thing was in there deep and well so then he grabs a scalpel and he pulls a scalpel out and uh I told him I said listen I said I don't want stitches over this deal he said no he said I just need to so I just need to open it up a little bit. So, uh, so he uh, cuts it just a little bit, and and uh, by God, he ended up getting out of there, getting getting the hook out. But it it was it was very deep, and I was really afraid today was going to be a long day for me. And you know, it happened yesterday. I thought my finger was going to hurt really bad, but man, it's pretty, it's really not bad at all. So, so anyway, all good. But uh, I just thought I'd add, I thought I'd share that story with you about uh, about uh, my my turn with. Uh, with a with a musky hook getting embedded and uh and my, my turn going to the uh to the urgent care with it uh had seen many guys you know uh end their days on the water because they had to go you know, do what i did yesterday and yet yesterday was my turn so so listen everyone hey short little podcast for you tonight but i just kind of wanted to uh get everyone back up to speed as to where i've been and 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 what's going on but uh we got some other ones planned here now, and now that uh, now that the lockdown is ending, I can get people back in the studio. So I'm going to start trying to drop these things every other week for you guys again. So listen, if you like my podcast, uh, I like them. Uh, you know, uh, click a like, write a review. You know, do whatever you, every, every you got to do. Uh, th- that that certainly helps me out. But uh, hey, the other thing is uh, musky season's on us, folks. I was out yesterday, uh, and of course we were using Stealth Tackle leaders, so. If you need leaders, um, go to uh, Stealth Tackle and uh, check out their leaders. John's got the best leaders out there. So so anyway, hey, everyone, again, I want to apologize for the delay between the podcasts. It's just been a challenging time for me, as it, and, and I'm sure it has been for you. Um, you know, But again, I'm going to try and keep these things coming every other week from now on, like I just said. So, Hey, again, everyone, thanks for listening to Stage 4 Outdoors podcast, where the experience is more important than the end result.